and welcome to Season 2, Episode 4 of the Analytics FC Podcast. I'm Joel Salomon, joined, as per usual, by a certain Bobby Gardner, and a very special guest this week in Brentford FC's own Zaris Desai. Zaris, do you want to introduce yourself? Hi, uh, Bobby and Joel. Good to be here. Um, I'm Zaris Desai. I'm a first-team analyst at Brentford FC. Cool. Could we hear a bit more about your background, what you've done recently, where you are now, how you got there, your your story, your route into the game? I um, I started out, I went to university at uh, Edinburgh and I went there with the intention of becoming a games programmer. Um, so I, I went and I did computer science and artificial intelligence and uh, at the end of it, I came back and I hated it. <laughs> I hated sitting down and trying to program. Um, so I went back to what I loved, which was football. It was football manager that kind of got me into it. It was, that was the game I wanted to go and sort of work on. Um, but I, I realized I couldn't do that. So I went back to football and did a bit of coaching, um, took my coaching badges and got lucky enough to sort of help out a little bit with some development center work for Brentford in the academy at the time and then sort of slowly worked my way into the academy and from there using my computer science background I was able to um, join the analysis team and I did an MSc uh, which the club uh, gracefully paid for and basically been uh with the club in the analysis department ever since so i um i'm currently working in the first team i was in the academy i'm working in the first team under my boss um luke stopforth who's the head of the uh ana- analysis department and then we've got three other guys in the uh in the rest of the the team so we've got nick bennett zahir shah and ben chadwick who's part of the b team there's a lot of overlap between performance analysis and data analysis. Where does your role sit on that spectrum? So, firstly, I definitely disagree with those two, that they're the same thing. I think a performance analyst and a data analyst are two completely separate roles. Um, and for me, I'm more of a I am a performance analyst first and foremost um, but I do work with data so I'm my my role is post-match data production so I'll go in and I'll code the game afterwards similar to um, how Opta would produce their uh, their codings it's a very similar kind of output a little bit more detailed in fact and and from there we uh, we use excel and a few other tools to kind of produce statistical reports um for the players and the and the team what are those extra details uh a few more actions um i used to i used to work at opta sorry i, I missed that bit out i worked at opta for a little while as a coder um for a couple of years and um there's a few extra actions that Brentford have put in um nothing kind of major in terms of in terms of like different actions uh we have things like we we say when we control the ball which Opta doesn't and a few other little bits like that but yeah just just little details which part of the body that we control the ball with or use to make the action things like that just add a little bit more detail into the into our reports 
but for training or for first team competitive games or for us we we do that for the matches so that's all post-match uh data we don't tend to um code training as such uh we do film it uh as and when is required but we don't actually code it what sort of skill set do you need to cover your role and what level of mathematical literacy is normally needed um so i work very much with excel um and uh for other bits i work with um on the video side of things that i do a little bit of i work with sort of various video editing uh products as piece of software called Lightworks, uh, which is similar to Final Cut Pro or your sort of the higher end um, video editing products, but it's completely free. So it's what I tend to use, but more so than that, Excel. um, And I really kind of, more than the mathematical grounding, I think you've got to have a logical grounding. So being able to work with new metrics or critically think about how new metrics can sort of be how to write up new metrics as it were similar to passes per defensive action for example that um i can't remember who who came up with that but uh yeah passes per defensive action and uh, things like the packing data um so yeah, um, you've got to come up with, you've got to have a critical mind more than the mathematical side. And then you've got to be able to implement it. And that is Excel work and VBA work primarily. But now I'm starting to look at some of the, we, we use uh, tracking data and I'm starting to look at into some of the tracking data stuff. And that's going to, that requires a little bit more horsepower than excel can give you so i'm i'm branching into javascript and html and uh, and using those kind of tools to to get us a few more insights how does the club use tracking data um and how do you envisage that the club might use tracking data in future if it's quite early days it is very early days so we only recently we got it uh at the back end of last season um and and at the moment we're in the experimental stage so we're trying to to figure out the questions that we want answered um really at this moment i can't go into too much on what exactly we what we use uh, or what we look at uh, unfortunately um but we it's it's very much still in the experimental stage as i say we're just working out what kind of questions more so around style of play um we 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 have an internal sort of style of play that we've decided on is um will be the best way to play matches and we want to find ways of measuring that using the tracking data so the tracking data gives us all the x and y locations of the ball and opposition players and our players so trying to make sense of it um, and hopefully in the future we'll be able to extend that into a very detailed kind of things like expected goals, building up a, a very good expected goals database and um, building on some of the defensive metrics, which right now traditional um, traditional sort of reporting and traditional coding skills can't provide you with yet. 
and I, I think we'll get onto a little bit more of that later. But in a bigger sense, how is the club structured uh, with regards to analysis? I'm thinking specifically of the relationship with Smart Odds. Is there any analysis done with them? What input do they have, uh, if any, to the analysis process? So Smart Odds, um, for, in terms of the analysis department, um, doesn't have that much input to us they have i I believe i'm i'm not too sort of i'm not too in on those kind of uh those kind of discussions but they they have more input directly to the manager i believe um i'm not entirely sure what that input is they have more input into the scouting department again not entirely sure what the the content of that is um and then we just collaborate with them as and where we can so um on in terms of their their data sets they've uh, they've got access to a wide data set across many leagues and many um clubs and and we just have access to the their resources basically for what we try to produce some of our followers will know about the team that worked with Smart Odds and Brentford headed by Ted Knutson. Can you give any insight into their role of their work and maybe possibly what went sour there? Um, honestly, I didn't get a chance to spend much time with Ted. I met him once and uh, Marek, I, 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 I never met. Um, so I couldn't really speak about what the relationship was or what exactly was their input unfortunately um i just it was never it was never part of our department they were never kind of related to us it went if they whatever relationship they did have was presumably with the manager um so yeah um, I, I couldn't comment much further unfortunately for that do you know anything about what rasmus ankerson does at the club yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, he's the he's the co-director of football, him and Phil Giles. So um, they're in charge of of building um, building the strategy for uh, for getting the club promoted, and um, and he uh, he he along with Phil will oversee it. So they're less involved in the day to day stuff and more in the long term strategic planning area. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I don't think they, they, I mean, they're directors of the club. So as much as they do have a, an overview of the analysis, it's not their, their only concern by any stretch of the imagination. It's possibly not their primary concern. Their primary concern is how do they make the club and the first team and the B team a functioning unit within the parameters that they have in terms of budget and um, and how best to use the resources that are available to get us promoted. That's that's really their role. They they are they are as a couple a they try to be what any other football director of football would be. They they oversee the football strategy. Brentford are seen as first movers when it comes to analytics, one of the the first clubs to uh, quote-unquote properly integrate and adopt it, whatever that means. Can you give us any insight into what has and hasn't worked with regards to analytics? I can imagine it's a very experimental process, right? Like there's going to be some things that you adopt in training or in recruitment uh, which do work, which don't work. Can you shine any light on that? Ooh, um, 
So what we primarily focus on um, is the it's, it's, it's more so I'll talk about quickly why I think there's a difference between analytics and uh, performance analysis. So uh, to me, analytics is the sort of the diving in and the explore, exploration of data and getting out uh, of the data what you uh, just what you want to trying to get out some kind of information from that. For me, performance analysis is literally analyzing performance. Um, so it doesn't necessarily have to be a data driven thing. It can be you understanding the sport that you're in and in this case football and really like looking into how we can improve that. So almost coaching but with video uh, information to a certain extent to a certain extent using data um, to help us get better so what we tend to do as a whole on in the department is uh, more towards the performance analysis side so opposition analysis uh, post-match video analysis um, sort of ind individual player analysis and that's very much football knowledge based rather than database and then what I do is I tend to look at the I'm trying to look at the data and trying to work out where how we can measure our style of play um, so things that have uh, have been implemented are the tracking stuff um that's that's kind of that's that's in process at the moment um and um on the recruitment side i'm not entirely sure what what level it is now um we we we're, we're starting a collaboration with our uh recruitment department from the performance analysis side um, rather than the analytics side. Um, I, I believe smart odds is more the analytics side of things. So um, what I, where I sort of base myself is the more performance anal analysis side. So with regards to that performance analysis side, what goes into your opposition analysis reports? Uh, and also separately, um, what do the players get given to read or to watch or to see um, pre and post game so we'll uh, as a department we'll watch uh, four games up to four games maybe a few more if if possible uh, of the opposition and um, we'll break that down um, in terms of attacking style defensive style um, and strengths and weaknesses individual players strengths and weaknesses um and then that all gets collated into a uh, into by video. We'll clip out various sort of sections or moments, and that will all be uh, gone over with the manager. That then will translate into training plans and sort of plan and and sort of videos to show and basically form the basis of the game plan for a game day. Um, that'll go and be shown to the players during the week. There'll also be individual um, individual player videos, which of the opposition players. So that's what Zahir Shah does. Um, he'll he'll create little videos of all the opposition players and give them sort of their strengths and weaknesses, so that our players can see 
like a short minute or two video of their um their their ind- the individual players' strengths and weaknesses, and there's also a comprehensive report in terms of each of the players, their just basic physical attributes, their um, and then the style of play stuff that I spoke about recently. Do you ever give the players the same sort of analysis that you would carry out on opposition players about themselves that they can use to self-analyze and improve in that sort of way? So we we will do. Um, that's that's part of it. Is always analyzing our um, the post-match video to see more so how the game went rather than strengths and weaknesses, but. Um, we also have to kind of keep aware of our own strengths and weaknesses, and uh, we will do if um, if anything sort of crops up that's a particular strength or a particular weakness. For example, we had one player who was um, who had had a um, a particular weakness in tracking back, and it was identified and it was rectified. So. In subsequent games, he's been very, very good at that. So on a slightly different note, I've heard from Ted that Gianni Vio is probably the coach who's influenced the way that he thinks about football the most. Uh, Gianni Vio, who uh, of course was uh, the set pieces coach at Brentford. I was wondering if you could talk for a little bit about how he has impacted the way that Brentford's uh, approach set pieces. At the time, unfortunately, I was with the academy, so I didn't get to spend too much time with Gianni. Um, I know that there was there was definitely an impact in terms of the the content. Um, there was a particular free kick routine that was uh, that was used and um, and used throughout the academy as well at the time, uh, which worked to very good effect. I think we ended up scoring four goals from it. Um, but the the focus of uh, set pieces is is a um, it kind of became a, stra- a a part of the promotion strategy, um, and and it's kind of translated onwards. So we uh we do have a um a new set pieces coach uh which i don't think a lot of people know about and he's been he's been working away as well um and so yeah i, I unfortunately i don't know gianni's purse like i don't know gianni that well myself but um i know that the the role of um set piece coach is as is taken very seriously at the club. Do you work closely with the new set piece coach? Pretty closely now. Um, I mean, we we film training for him every pretty much every day and um, and work with him. Yeah, pretty much every day. So and and now that I've moved up into the first team, yes, I do know him. Are you able to say any of the specific things that a set piece coach looks into that someone more generally interested in football might not know about? It's just the levels of detail that go into it um and also taking inspiration from other sports we uh we recently had a um the uh, set uh, the lineouts coach from the France national team uh for rugby come in and uh, and he gave us an insight into what he did so it's really the very very small details in terms of movements uh running patterns how uh oppositions set up 
and um, how they can really be exploited. Um, it's, it's, it's also about getting our players to understand the movements and the timings and just refining the details. And I think what probably sets us apart is spending more time on the details. I think most people could come up with set pieces that would be effective, but they don't spend as much time on the on the on the fine details that will translate in the long term to better results. Earlier you were talking about how you've spent most of your time at Brentford in the academy. Do the academy use data for player development? So, well, now the academy was shut down at the end of last season and it's now a B team, but um yeah, they still we previously we had a um we had a full kind of um, data breakdown. We still we coded everything all the way up exactly that how the first team did, um, and we used we used data as a um, we used it as a confirmation tool almost. So in terms of retain and release meetings, we used to use, we used to have a. Uh, the big retain and release meetings over whether players would get uh, contracts or not. And if there were disputes, it would then be a case of, well, what does the data show and how can we, um, how, what, what does that kind of uh, indicate? And similarly, the, the coaches were always very open to our, uh, our data in the first place. So, if they were all unanimous on a con- uh, on a on a player, but we came to them with a concern regarding the data, then they would re-examine it. They'd be perfectly happy to re-examine it. My only worry with data, with the um, with using data to as a as a driving force for um, where for player development is that. At first team level, you know what you're trying to do. You're trying to win the game. At development football, it's very different. You could be playing against a team where you're the opposition. So some academies will always play players up. So you're const- you might be playing a group of players who are younger than your players, or there's other academies who will always play their players in their age group. There are the differing levels. So the meaning behind the data is potentially not as concrete as it is at first team. At first team, you're always trying to win. At development football, that isn't the primary aim. And so trying to interpret the numbers when you don't know what the opposition are necessarily trying to do is uh, is a little bit tricky. And that's why I don't like it as a driving force, but I don't mind it as a re- reinforcement of or a um, or a sort of to help refine your decision. What numbers are you talking about specifically? So just again, similarly coding wise, um, we we have um, things like sort of your your basic stats: um, expected goal performance, uh, key passes, pass completion in various areas, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Just your your your, your normal. Uh, statistics that most uh, most of the um, that you would see on most like Sky Sports or whatever. 
do Brentford's B team code subjective measures like packing in the way that a lot of Category 1 academies code breaking lines? They do, but um, they, they, they do do that. They code their own uh, subjective measures as well. The issue with it in terms of a player level, on a, on a player level, so it work, those kind of stats work very well on a team level because there's enough data there. If you look at the amount of time any one given player spends on the ball, it's at best 5% of an entire game. So to judge a player on 5% of what he's done over the game is, in my mind, not the best way of going about it. But yeah, there it is. It, it, it's what they, they do code that way. Cool, cool. So uh, I think that's it as far as our questions for you go, Zaris. We'll have another podcast with Zaris out hopefully quite soon, uh, going through some of your Twitter questions for him. And until then, from myself and I hope from Bobby and Zaris too, it's been a pleasure and we'll see you for the next one. Thank you very much, guys.